Good morning. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from Psalm 46. Thanks. And that can be found in on page 559 in the Church Bibles. God is our ever God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at, at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolation he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Our New Testament reading, or our epistle reading this morning, is from the book of Romans, chapter 3, and that can be found on page 1114, beginning with verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held ac accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ, to who to all who believe, there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Je Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement and through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice, because in forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On that ob observing the law? No, but on, but on that of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Our gospel lesson is from the book of John, chapter 8, and that can be found on page 1060, and beginning with verse 31. Please stand in respect to the gospel. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. 
How can you say we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This ends our... You have God's grace and you have his peace and you have his mercy. You have his unconditional love. You have all of that in Jesus. We're going to look at the gospel lesson for today on this couple of days before Reformation Day, uh, Sunday, uh, from John chapter 8, verses 31, 32, to the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let's pray. Father in heaven, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength, our rock, our redeemer, our solid ground. Amen. Here I stand. I can do no other. I rather doubt that when he spoke those words that Martin Luther envisioned that some 500 years later some old preacher would quote him and say those words. And I rather doubt even more so that he had any thought in his mind that some 500 years later that would take place in a church that bears his name and carries on his teaching. But here we are, celebrating Reformation Day 2023, long removed from the time of Luther, and yet here we are gathering together in a church and as part of a denomination that bears his name and carries forward his teaching. Here I stand. I want to borrow that statement of his from long ago and turn it into a question for you to think about and consider, especially with regards to your personal faith in the Lord. Where do you stand? Where do you stand when it comes to your faith convictions? Where do you stand when it comes to matters of your life and, and living out your faith? And maybe another way to, to put it would be to say this, to ask this, what do you stand for? There's even yet one more way for me to, to phrase this question and put it in front of you. When it comes to your faith, what do you stand on? What's the foundation of your faith? What's the, the basis of your faith. Now, Jesus makes it pretty clear where we need to stand, doesn't he, when it comes to our faith. We need to stand on his word and we need to stand on his teachings because they are the truth. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And in, in my opinion, and I think in Jesus thinking the T's in those words are capitalized it's not just the truth 
it is the truth. Where do you stand? Are you standing on the truth? You know, as I ask that, it's a pretty easy thing to look around us and see what other Christian denominations and other Christian congregations are holding on to in terms of where they stand and what their foundation is. A recent example of that would be from a, a church down in the cities who developed something that's called the Sparkle Creed. Maybe you've heard of the Sparkle Creed. It's, it's, it's tied to the whole conversation going on in our world today regarding gender identity, the Sparkle Creed. And it is evident from looking at the Sparkle Creed that what the Sparkle, where the Sparkle Creed comes from is, is not a desire for God's people to be shaped by God's word, but rather it's coming from a desire of God's people to shape God's word to make it fit what they want to believe. Now sadly, this, this statement of faith isn't based on, on the truth of, of God's word. Rather, it is based on our society, the values, the thoughts, the philosophy, the attitudes of our society. Well, I better not lean that way anymore. As I indicated, it's, it's us taking the word and making it say what we want it to say. But you know what? This isn't a message about where others are choosing to stand or about being critical of where they are choosing to stand or, or what they're choosing to stand for or what they're choosing to stand on. This is a message about us lest we fall to the temptation of seeing the, the branch or the stick in our brother's and sister's eye without seeing the log in our own eye. This is a message about you and me. Where do you and I stand? What do you and I stand for? And what do you and I stand on when it comes to our faith and, and living out our lives of faith. Where do you stand? Let's just each admit for a moment and own the fact that we are just as vulnerable to the forces that exist in our world today to be as easily tempted as anybody else, any other believer in Jesus, to shift our foundation from God's word rather to our feelings and our thoughts and, and what our world is telling us that we should believe. That we are just as prone to choose someplace else to stand on than the word. I want to ask you, are there some areas of your faith where you have opted to stand on something other than the truth of God's word, some facet of your values, some, some aspect of your, your morals, where you mirror more closely the world and the attitudes of the world rather than 
the truth of God's Word and the teachings of Jesus. Just take a moment for an honest look to see if there might be something like that in your faith and in your life. You know, as Christians, we are called to be in the world, not of the world. Where in your life are you more of the world than merely being in the world? Where are you more basing your values, your, your life, your actions, your attitudes on being a part of the world rather than on the truth of the word? Hard questions, aren't they? Are you seeing an area or two that fits the description? You know, there's a name for those parts of our life, those attitudes, those, those values, those actions that are not in harmony with God's word. There's a name for those things. They're called sin. In Romans chapter 14, Paul says this, everything that does not come from faith is sin. I don't know about you, but I stand condemned by those words. So many parts of my life, more of the world. So many parts not based on the truth. I think we each have our own sparkle creeds, don't we? Places where we've taken the word and shaped it to fit and say what we want it to say, to justify what we want to hold on to and do. And that's not a good feeling, is it? To be found guilty. And you know what? That feeling shouldn't leave us standing. It should bring us to our knees in repentance. To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Luther felt anything but free. The sparkle creed of his day, the sparkle creed that he struggled with, was that you gained acceptance of God and earned your way to heaven by what you did and how good you were. That you continually confessed your sins to God and did endless acts of penance. You know, one time Luther spent six straight hours confessing his sins down to the most minute detail, down to the exasperation of the person he was confessing his sins to. That when Luther stepped into the confessor's booth, his confessor said, you again? Luther even said this, he so lived in fear of God's judgment 
if I could believe that God was not angry with me, I would stand on my head for joy. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I don't know if ever Luther stood on his head or not. But I do know that by the grace of God, one day Luther came to know the truth. As he was reading words that we've heard today from Romans chapter 3, the truth made its way into Luther's heart and soul. But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify the righteousness that comes from God through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. In those words, Luther learned and he received the truth. And that truth set him free. He knew that God wasn't angry with him and that instead God loved him with an unconditional and everlasting love. And it, it gave him a new place to say, here I stand. He would stand on God's word alone. He would stand on God's grace alone and he would stand on faith in Jesus alone. Faith in Jesus, which would bring to him the forgiveness of all of his sins and the promise of everlasting life. That's where Luther stood. Is that where you will stand? Is that what you will stand for? Is that what you will stand for? on the truth of God's teachings, the truth of his word, the truth of the words of Jesus. You know, I want to encourage you to go back to that part of your faith life which you identified early on as being based on something other than God's word. And I want you to take that area and go back to God's Word and see what God's Word has to say about it and how he would have you live it or what he would have you to believe and then ask him for the power of his spirit and the power of his grace to bring you back to standing on the Word in that part of your life and faith if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's where you want to stand, on the word of God. That's what you want to stand for, the grace of God. God loves you unconditionally. And there's where you want to stand on, faith in God.
trusting only in the saving work of Jesus Christ, with a faith in him that God has forgiven you for his sake and he has made you the promise that when your life is over, you will live with him forever in heaven. Talk about being free. Faith alone, grace alone, God's word alone. There is no better place to stand, is there? And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.